This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. You have turned into Remote Control's latest episode. Listen in as the GCRN crew talks TV from 2000 to now. With pilot and season premiere episodes, finishing finales, and season passes as well. Now get ready to change the channel with your remote control as we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of television. All from the GeekCast Radio Network, we are all remote controlled. My name is Walter O'Brien. I have the fourth highest IQ ever recorded, 197. Einstein's was 160. When I was 11, the FBI arrested me for hacking NASA to get their blueprints for my bedroom wall. Now, I run a team of geniuses tackling worldwide threats only we can solve. Toby's our behaviorist. Sylvester's a human calculator. Happy, a mechanical prodigy. Agent K. Gallows, our government handler. Celebrate the big 2020 with T-Mobile. Switch now and get two lines for just 90 bucks and two new iPhone 11s on us. So you can take a portrait built for two with the ultra-wide camera. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, cute. Hurry in to T-Mobile and get two lines for 90 bucks and two iPhone 11s on us with qualifying trade-ins. Via 24 credits for well-qualified buyers with auto pay, plus taxes and fees. If you cancel before receiving 24 credits, you may owe up to the full value of your device of $699.99. Contact us. Qualifying port-ins and finance agreements required. And Paige? Well, Paige isn't like us. She's normal and translates the world for us while we help her understand her genius son. Together, we are scoring. Grab that remote control because the GCRN's brand new TV podcast is here. We are calling it Remote Control. I am your host, Steve Jordan Mike, and joining me this time around is Doug Abel from Talking About My Generation. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, remote Control will be about uh, the current generations of TV. This time around, we're going to continue on with the finishing finales uh this time we're going to be looking at cbs's scorpion um and see if we kept up with the show since we did the pilot premiere episode if we've kind of just like mm, shied away from the show if we really love it whatever and we're just going to have an overall um discussion on the first season kind of now this one uh, the finishing finales on the poll... Uh, no, this is not the poll bag. This is not the comic podcast, TFG. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, finishing finales on remote control here is supposed to happen like within a week of the season finale of the shows. So that way it's timed rarely, you know, elegantly. And it's, you know, a week after most everyone has seen it and we can spoil the hell out of it. Sadly, over the last few months, I've had some... Family issues come up. Uh, my mom recently passed away, which kind of sucked. And really just, uh, basically, I was choking on the bone of podcasting. You know, it's like, you know, you're supposed to suck the marrow out, not choke on the bone. Um, yeah. It's an old it's an old Robin Williams joke from Dead Poet Society. Um, phone call from God. If it had been collected, it had been daring. <laughs> um so <laughs> so the finishing finales are kind of a little bit late but i did still want to do them because i didn't want 
us to just have that first initial impression when we do the pilot premieres. So, Doug, have, did you, when it was airing, did you watch Scorpion after the, the original pilot? Did you watch it in Marathon three or four weeks after it came into it? How did you watch the show I, after the pilot episode? We watched it, the wife and I watched it for probably about four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. And we kind of lost interest. It, really, for me, there was an episode where we see a jet airplane coming in at LAX, and they're rushing through to try and link up with, a, with an Ethernet cable. And I just kind of went, oh. That's the pilot. No, I thought it was I after think. that. So I, I watched um, episodes after that. Yeah, the LAX grand, ground communication system, that's, that's the pilot. To con- yeah, that's the I pilot. There episode. was that. There was, there was stuff where they were having bombs going off throughout, uh, throughout L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was another episode that I remember seeing. Basically, kind of everything kind of just ran together. Uh, I I don't know. I kind of lost interest with it. Some of it just got really far out there. Some of it I kind of went, okay. I know people like this. You know, I I know. <laughs> Well, I, I literally know several people who have Asperger's, mm-hmm. and they are very sharp people, mm-hmm. They're very intelligent people, but it really, this is like a really poor impression of those types of people, and it kind of just irked me, and I was like, ah. mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, seeing Eddie K. Thomas was great in this, Catherine McPhee in this, you know. I'm just waiting for Stifler's mom to show up, honestly. <laughs> Uh, she's on another CBS show. She, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just to remind everybody to do to to uh, do some stage dressing here. Uh, Scorpion debuted on CBS in 2014 as part of the 2014-2015 television season. It is a one-hour show. If you watch it as it airs, it you know if you get it on iTunes or DVD, it's probably 41 to 48 minutes long, depending. Uh, on the episode, there's been one full season so far of 22 episodes. I believe season two has been greenlit. I haven't seen any current news items of it being canceled. Um, so there is that. Um, overall, I, I stuck with it. I watched every, watched in DVR every single, all 22 episodes. Um, I like the show. It's... Okay, so in the past, let's say, five, ten years, we've had several different quote-unquote geek, quote geek shows beyond broadcast television. Now, there are a ton of geek shows on cable and, and, and all that. I'm not talking, I'm talking, I'm talking about broadcast television, like, you know, this network, CBS, ABC, NBC, all that stuff. There hasn't really been a lot of geek TV on the broadcast networks. You had Chuck. Um, yeah. You had, uh, what else? And I'm purely thinking of geek TV like Scorpion. I'm not thinking of stuff like The Big Bang Theory, because that's a comedy. Yes, it is very, very geeky, but it's a comedy. I'm thinking about like shows like Scorpion. There haven't been a lot. So when this first um, uh, came on, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be really cool. And it, as the show progressed, there were out of twenty-two episodes, there were maybe five, and I don't even know which five they are. But there, I, I remember there was probably about five episodes that I just 
at certain points I was rubbed the wrong way in the episode. I didn't like them. I did not like them overall the whole episode, but there's just, I think it's more so some of the plots yeah. that I don't like versus like all the character growth and character development is great. First of all, one thing this show does that I don't think any show really has ever done is they well they pull the standard broadcast tv will they won't they with Paige and walter okay and then they pull in her ex and then yeah they all that but not a lot of shows like this will pull in and i'm not saying any member of team Cor- team scorpion is a second rate character but you know a non-main character. I don't think I've seen any show ever really pull a second-tier character out of the group and given them a sort of blossoming love story. Honestly, I never wanted to see Paige and Walter get together, but what they did with uh, Sylvester and Walter's sister, Megan, I absolutely loved that. I, I have to be honest, I didn't actually see too much of that. I, I, I saw a bit of it. I'm like, um, okay, you know, everybody needs love type of thing. That, and that was my thought on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of just started losing interest about after that. Uh, you know, some of the plots, like you said, when they when they decided they were going to put them all into a war zone, you know. Yeah, just, that oh, kind of thing. No, no. What the hell is this? They're not supposed to do that. You know, but some of the other stuff, like the genetic coding, which they did for the mm-hmm. disease, that was kind of cool. I don't know. I just, it wasn't, it, it, it's not holding my interest, unfortunately. It's got potential, but it just reminds me way too much of, hey, this is something that my parents would watch or my grandparents might watch. And I hate <laughs> making that comparison. I really do. But it's like, I, I'm watching it, and all I can think is, this is the next generation Matlock, or the next generation Murder, She Wrote, or next generation Diagnosis Murder. Now, see, I have to disagree with that on Matlock and Diagnosis Murder specifically, because neither one of those shows had, what is it, four or five different genius-level people. Like, that's the difference right. here. And, and that's the you know that's the exception here, is that they're showing, and even though it's super fictionalized, they're showing genius-level people and how they do not relate to the real world. That is something a lot of us geeks can kind of, you know, not necessarily sympathize with, but, you know, essentially this show is an everyman show. You yeah. Know? Or or, or 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 a geek's everyman show because at one point or another we've all been like uh, Toby, Happy, or Sylvester. I don't know if we've all been like Walter because Walter is super disconnected from everything. Walter is your typical Asperger's type of person. Uh, I, I have, like I said, I have a friend of mine who he is, for all accounts and purposes, he is Walter. He's just he's not the 197 IQ. Mm-hmm. But the guy is the guy is incredibly smart when it comes to programming and doing computer programming. He can he can look at a program and write it out on a on a whiteboard. I, I could never in a million years do that, you know. But I mean that's the kind of person that he is, and he distances himself, and it's just disconnected. You'll see him. You'll try to you'll you'll try to play games with him, and he'll he'll get into it. But it's 
it is very much like Walter is in that you get this disconnection feeling from him that he's not really enjoying himself. And that's kind of what I see with Walter is just he he doesn't seem to know how to how to be the love story, how to you know, with like with him and his sister just being disconnected. Mm-hmm. It's you see it. He doesn't fit into the norm of society. None of them do. I mean, I would honestly say that probably Toby is the one character. Toby and Happy actually, and and that's another thing. You know, I said earlier that they kind of focused on Sylvester and Megan's blossoming relationship. They essentially took Toby and Happy and made them the relationship quotient for the show. Yeah. Even you know, and it's not really a will they won't they. It's more so looking at it like, oh, this is fun flirtation kind of thing. Uh, you know, and by the end of the season, we kind of see that they're slowly, you know, moving towards a date or whatever, whatever, whatever the hell they're going to end up doing. But one of the reasons why I love Scorpion is because it's not just your atypical action show with romance in it where, oh my God, the main couple has to get together by episode five or else no one's going to watch the rest of the season. Right. Um, you know, some of the episodes for me, like I said, I enjoyed, I really, really enjoyed, um, the, um, the Valentine's Day episode. Um, which one was that? Uh, I'm trying to, oh yeah, uh, episode 16, Love Boat. I love that one. That's so hilarious when they have to, um... They have to search for a stolen experimental uh, shoulder rocket launchers that are being transported aboard a luxury cruise ship. <laughs> That's just hilarious. That's like Love Boat meets Terminator for crap's sake. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. No, I, I, I can see it, but it's just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I think they did the season finale, the two-part season finale, uh, Cliffhanger and Postcards from the Edge. I think they did that very well. And it kind of left me on, like, uh, the edge of my seat where it's like, hmm, what's going to happen now? That was literally a cliffhanger, though. I mean... Well, part one, yeah. I mean, he essentially is hanging off the cliff. And then you have part two, which is Postcards from the Edge. Um, Yeah. Um, what do we think of the cast in their roles? Was there a certain cast member or a certain character in the show that kind of stood out for you? Um, well, obviously Toby. I, I love Toby. Just the fact that he can deduce so much from people with his behaviorist studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I really am not liking Robert Patrick. You know, I, I love Eddie K. Thomas. Catherine McPhee is that She's that gorgeous chick who everybody sees and is kind of like, okay, American Idol. Obviously, she can act because she wouldn't be here if she couldn't. No, wait. Wasn't she Glee? Uh, or no, no, you're right. You're right. She was American Idol. Uh, Flash is Glee. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things. And it's like, okay, you know, to me, kind of big deal type of thing. But Eddie K, I love him. Again, Completely different role from what we saw him as as Stifler or uh, not Stifler's mom. Uh, Shitsbrick. Yeah. Shitsbrick. Yeah. Uh, 
completely different. And I love him in this role, the fact that he is, he has problems, and you see that. And, you know, him with his gambling issues. And, and I really don't have a problem with gambling. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, but, I mean, learning, learning how to manipulate people, and he does such a damn good job of it. Uh, that, and then, like, when he goes in and they break into the one uh, storage room where they're looking, they're looking for all these different storage pieces, and he's going, okay, which hard drive is it going to be? It's going to be this one here, this one here. Well, the guy is this tall, so he's going to be this. He's going to have an eye level for this. He's going to be, well, this kind of person. And I, I forget who it was that was with him. It was, maybe it was Happy or Sylvester, and he kind of goes, and he goes, so... You deduced all that from that? No, actually, I saw the label up here. <laughs> you know, that to me, I, I love that sort of attitude, and it just was great. Uh, but like I said, if, if we're going against characters that I don't like, I, I'm really thinking that Robert Patrick is more of a dick. And, and some of it may be, again, because it's, you know, it, it's Terminator 1000, the Terminator 1000 coming out from him, or the bad, you know, the bad side of striptease when he was in that. You know, God, I didn't even know he was in striptease. Holy crap! I that, have not seen that movie in a long time. He plays as Demi Moore's ex-husband, who is like just a sleazeball trying to scam people. Oh, okay. That and That's... you know the bad guy in Double Dragon, which we'll leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. See, I, I, you know, and look, my. Love Boat Terminator things right on on cue. I completely forgot that it was T one thousand. I mean, I knew it was Robert Patrick. I knew it was T one thousand, but I just completely didn't even associate it first. Um, I I just love all the cast. I mean, and the one thing I can't stand about the characters and the character interactions is honestly the whole triangle between walter actually it's a quadrangle uh, walter page ralph and, and drew like as soon as drew came on the scene i was like you have no friggin clue what to do yeah get the hell out go back to bangor or wherever the hell you're gonna go to play baseball uh, i don't know yeah. <laughs> um good I, I don't know i mean it's I'm kind of hoping that the show will go on, but at the same time, it's not something I, I might pick it back up with the season opener next year if they or next season if they have something that comes through. But mm -hmm. it's not anything that's like, ooh, 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 I've got to watch this religiously, you know, every week in and out. It's not, it's not a flash or it's not a uh, Big Bang Theory for me. It, it's not like those, you know. It's it's okay. It's just it's not. Like I said, it seems more like my parents' type show. <laughs> okay, so uh, this would be the time in the podcast where you know we would break everything down. But Doug has clearly not watched enough episodes. Sorry. <laughs> so I found some news as of today, as of we're recording this, June twenty seventh, four o five p.m. Scorpion Season 2, Alana de la Garza becomes series regular. Cave returns, more story arcs in new season. This is from VineReport.com, so I don't know how accurate it is, but when I searched uh, Scorpion Season 2 on Google, this is the first thing that came up. CBS's action drama show Scorpion will be back for a second season on September 21st with the addition of a new recurring character to be played by actress 
Alana de la Garza. For those of you who don't know who Alana de la Garza is, she was on the later seasons of Law & Order proper before it ended. Uh, She was on the very short-lived Fox series Forever with Mr. Fantastic. She's a great actress. Um, uh, She will play the new head of Homeland Security, described as smart, tough, and driven by uh, Deadline, which first announced the news. The report said that she will make sure that the Scorpion team will become successful in all of their endeavors. However, it remains to be seen if her intentions are for the team or solely for herself. Uh, The report also revealed that the new season's premiere episode will show Cabe working as a Hollywood technical advisor until Garza, the new head, summons him back to the team as Scorpion's team liaison. Meanwhile, in a separate report by Deadline, the finale for the last season reportedly landed as the second most watched show during that week due to its high rating with 10... 0.42 million viewers. The show, which is based on real-life adventures of Walter O'Brien, revolves around a group, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, It's actually produced by the real-life Walter O'Brien himself, along with Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi. That might be why you don't like it, is because it's Kurtzman and Orsi, and a lot of people don't like Kurtzman and Orsi stuff. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I mean, it's, it's wearing on me, what can I say? (laughs) um all right folks uh so you're willing to at least give the at least the first two episodes of season two a try and then if after that you're just gonna kick it to the curb yeah it's kind of one of these things that i i'm trying to get back into it and it's just it's hard (laughs) i feel like i'm missing a lot you know, that there's, like, if I'm not watching every single minute and I'm not re-watching it to analyze what I missed. Right. You know, it's like it's like watching an episode of CSI. You kind of have to watch <laughs> and, and see every little detail because then at the end when they do the big reveal, you kind of go, oh, shit, I missed out on this, 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 and this. I could have <laughs> figured out who the killer was by those things. <laughs> yeah, the only CSI sh- I used to watch Grissom's CSI, well, uh, see the the real CSI, the CSI Vegas, the original one. I used to watch that a long time ago. I have not watched a CSI since then until now with CSI. CSI Cyber just launched with Patricia Arquette and and uh, um, Haley Kiyoko and a bunch of other people, and uh, I really dig that one. I am so digging on that one. Peter McNichols in that. Um, that's a really cool CSI show because it's dealing with all tech stuff. So I absolutely love that one. But the rest of them, I just don't care. Um, all right. So for the GCRN review, uh, I'm probably going to give season one a three and a half out of five stars. Uh, three and a half, I believe, on our scale is some kind of wonderful. I don't know. Um, <laughs> let me look this up here. Uh, what would you give it out of five stars? You can do half points if you want to. I'm going to give it a two and a half. It's mainly because it's not anything that's shown as really great for me to come back and consistently watch. Mm-hmm. But nothing really bad either. I mean, the characters are good. It, it's... I guess they just need more interaction with real life mm. is the best way to put it. Some of the okay. stuff that we're seeing is kind of like, really, really, you're going to throw this in. <laughs> the bombings going on all at the same time around LA that, that bugged the hell out of me. I'm just like, why are we seeing this? Why, you know, 
why do we get these explosions? Why do we have all of a sudden the plane that's having a problem? Why, you know, why are we getting transports of shoulder launch rockets on a cruise ship? <laughs> Some of it just seems really hokey to me, and it's like, come on, real life maybe, is not maybe they were, um, maybe they were trying to recreate a TV version of Cruise Control. Oh God, no! Oh God, no! Please, I do not want to see a ship run aground. <laughs> Where's Sandra Bullock when you really need her? Right. That's about the only thing that would make it better. Any- <laughs> All right. Just so everyone knows, uh, the uh, GCRN rating scale that we go by uh, is zero to five stars with half points. I gave it a three and a half. Three and a half states liked it. Issues are certainly prevalent, but so are the successes. Typically, there is one specific area of extraordinary achievement or a multitude of quality moments that make the negative aspects relatively easy to accept. Uh, You gave it a two and a half, which is barely failing. We probably should rename that one, but anyway. Barely failing means the cons slightly outweigh the pros. While the negatives aren't overbearing, they are far too plentiful to make it worthy of a recommend. There may be certain redeeming qualities that are worth your time. However, in the end product leaves you wanting more. Well, let me me up it then to a three. (laughs) I'm I'm saying two and a half out of five because that's right smack dab middle. Right, yeah, you know, it's, it's fine. I'm not saying you have to change your I, score. I would recommend it to people, but yeah. it's not the sort of thing that I could keep watching myself. That's really it. See, I, I'm invested in the characters. I'm invested in the relationships, the relate the, the quote-unquote father-son relationship between Walter and and, uh, and Cabe, uh, the happy Toby relationship. Uh, Sylvester and Megan, uh, and I, I just want to see what they do because if you look at these characters, you could not find more different people anywhere. I mean, Happy, she's no nonsense, no nonsense tough girl that has the shell as you know as hard as a brick. Toby is this really, really extroverted type that basically points out the wrong things at the right time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Sylvester is Mr. Germaphobe and Mr. Statistician. Uh, as as Walter says in the opening monologue, you know, Sylvester, the human calculator. Um, I just really dig Sylvester, and I don't know what it is about him because I feel like I've seen that guy, the guy that plays him. I don't have his name off the top of my head. I'm not looking at any info, folks. Um, the guy that plays Sylvester, I swear I've seen him somewhere else, and I just can't put my finger on it at all. Yeah. I, I you know, it's like I keep looking at him and thinking that he is, um, I keep thinking that he's the same guy from the Justin Long movie where they, where they created a fake college, but it's not. I know that. Some old school? No, that's not. No, that was Will, Fer- uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. I can't like, remember what it is. I, I can't think of it either. It doesn't um, matter. <laughs> no, I know, but it just... Like, I didn't even know the guy's name before I saw him on on the credits for the show. Uh, it's, it's, it's Ari Sidham. Or, or Stidham. Um, the guy, I just feel like, okay, I'm looking at his IMDb now. Before Scorpion, he was, oh, 
he was in the short-lived Robin Williams series, The Crazy Ones. So maybe that's where I've seen him before. Ah. Uh, before that, he was a drunk kid on Glee. Uh, he was in a TV series from 2010 called Huge. He played Ian Schoenfield. I've never seen that, so no clue. Um, but yeah, no, for me, Scorpion, I will be watching season two uh, until it does something to piss me off. Um, so far, it really hasn't done anything where I just want to throw the remote, you know, just throw the remote and just say, oh, nope, I'm done. This is going to the shit pile. Yeah. I really enjoy it. And I think the 2014-2015 season, out of the pilots and, and the new shows, like, I can't believe how many new shows I actually watched last you know last september october um you know you got flash and gotham and scorpion and stalker and red band society and i tried watching forever but i just i that's that's one of the reasons why we're not doing a a finishing finales on forever i just couldn't keep up with that that's just too far-fetched yeah I i was just waiting for dr henry whatever the hell his name is to you know do super stretch arm somewhere, you know, because okay. I'm, I'm glad I'm, I wasn't the only one thinking. I, I, I'm sorry, but Ian or Ion Gruffud, the only thing, the only two things I've seen him in before forever was obviously the Fantastic Four movies, and he was in a short lived WB series called Ringer with Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, so yeah, anytime I see that guy on anything, it's like, okay, when when is the stretching going to begin? Yeah. Um, all right, folks, it is time to exit stage left. Uh, final thoughts for me. I really dug Scorpion. It's something that, like, Scorpion for me is what Chuck was for a lot of people. Okay. Um, and I am not a fan of Chuck at all. I've tried watching that show. I just can't. You know, you say some of the things in Scorpion are, are too unbelievable, the entire series of Chuck is unbelievable for me. Yeah, and I mean, that's, the, that's the thing about Chuck is that it just made fun of so much. But I, I guess that's why I liked it more because it was so parodied. This year mm-hmm. is kind of like they're trying to sink real life in and they're they're not doing too good a job in my mind. That's all. Yeah. I mean, the one good thing the show does point out for Scorpion is that the way they set the whole thing up is the crimes that they're investigating, even though, you know, one of them might just be a a random murder or something or other, but the way it's the way the murder is committed, um, you know, with technology or whatever, like the episode with the, the governor or the Senator's daughter or whatever it was, where she was poisoned by this super bad virus or whatever the hell it was. Um, that, you know, when they set it up and they say these are the crimes that only these geniuses can solve because no other regular, you know, FBI Quantico agent can, I, I kind of dig that. that. They're not necessarily replacing federal agents, but they're handling stuff that not every single person can do. True. True. So. All right, folks, Uh, coming up next uh, on Remote Control, we are continuing the finishing finales, and we're going to talk about Red Band Society from Fox. So for now, I am TF2 and Mike with... 
Doug Abel from Talking About My Generation. Tune in next time when I'll be fighting over the remote control. One of the ten hottest spots in town. Yes, Walter, I would be happy to dine with you. Oh, nice try. It's a business dinner. Need to go over some office data entry protocol with Paige. You are taking Paige to a top LA eatery on Valentine's Day just one week after Drew signed a month-long contract to pitch in Portland. How convenient. It's Valentine's this weekend? I had no idea. Should I get the extinguisher? Because your pants are on fire, liar, liar. You don't think Paige notices the timing? It is a business meeting. Valentine's is a scam created by the greeting card industry. The only reason why I picked that place is because Paige mentioned it. The cherry on top of the denial Sunday. You're being attentive to her wants. Good morning, guys. Paige? Miss Deneen. I brought donuts. Oh, thank you. It's a date. Grow up. For dessert, you should order Phoenix Dactylifera. Why, because that's the botanical name for dates? Nope. This conversation's over. Thank you for tuning into Remote Control. There are several ways to get in contact with us and leave feedback for the show. You can visit the website, geekcastradio.com. You can email us, feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can leave us feedback in iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio. You can become a fan of us on Facebook by searching Geekcast Radio Network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name, 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Remote Control and wish that you'll tune in next time to hear what TV topic we'll be talking about. Get those remotes ready because we are all remote controlled. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit ChesterbrookAcademy.com. That's ChesterbrookAcademy.com.